Good afternoon. My name is Mike Castellano, and for my podcast topic, I chose to do improper medical training in the sports setting as well as improper training of the staff in general. And to talk a little bit about what I'm be giving into you into this uh, presentation today, I'm going to start with a brief introduction as to why this topic is important. I'm going to go a little bit into my interview with a professional in the field, as well as some statistics, and then to wrap a few things up there in the finish. So, oftentimes an incident occurs during a planned event that happens completely out of the ordinary. Every time a situation such as this arises, one must ask, was the participant properly trained to perform a task at hand? If that question is no, then these types of situations revolve around poor employee or athlete training. If a football player isn't shown the proper form to tackle, then an injury resulting from a poor, unsafe tackle is the result. An absence or overlook in training based on your own moral decisions can potentially lead to a devastating risk in the future for athletes and the employees' future at their positions alike. There is a part of training that deals with minimizing any unforeseen risk that may occur in athletic setting. This minimizing risk directly revolves around training in medical care. A properly trained medical staff can play a vital role in providing relief to any industry catastrophe. As far as properly training goes, it means as far as professionally and ethically training. On the other hand, a poorly trained medical staff can actually cause more problems than, than before the injury even occurred, which such as poor ethical decision-making. It could be a, a fantastic uh, medical staff physically or in their profession, but if they make poor ethical decisions, they still will have the same kind of outcome. Either training of personnel or medical care plays some sort of role in every accident that occurs within sport. It's a major reason why I chose this topic. It is a huge issue that if looked at with greater care and seriousness can play a big part in reducing the severity of accidents and perhaps eliminating some of them altogether. Now I'm going to get into a little bit of my interview with uh, my former athletic director who spent a lot of part-time, who was previously a part-time trainer before uh, being athletic director, and he still devotes extra time to being on the sidelines and helping his trainers at his current athletic events today. Some One question I asked him is how he would handle a coach who tries to hurry back a player who isn't quite ready to come back but looks like he could be ready to go, even though it's not quite along the requested medical timeline. He replied, you just have to remain calm and explain the consequences of coming back too early such as a player ruining their entire future of perhaps getting a future college scholarship professional recruitment or hindering their everyday life activities just because they came back from this one specific injury too early. It could be much more detrimental than maybe winning an extra two games because that player's back and what have you. I then asked if it was any different with players when they decide that they want to come back and they're nagging you and they're begging to get that clearance to go back and help their teammates. And he replied with, oftentimes, competitive players will be persistent in wanting to return to action way too early. You have to be just as persistent in reminding them that your team will be way better off with you when you're 100%. And you have to resist the temptation to let the kid, the competitiveness out inside the kid flow through you and just say, okay, you look like you're okay, you should play. But you need to stick to your training and follow the medical guidelines to ensure that the player is absolutely 100% ready to go and out of harm's way. 
the next question I asked him, would you be, are you, would you say you're more of a consequentialist or in other words, are you more concerned with the end result? He said, I'm not so much so, but coaches are more concerned with the right end result as you know, putting a player in too early could be two different things. One, they could help their team back and they actually are ready to go. Or the second ending could be much worse, whereas the player crashes and burns and has that injury that affects the rest of their life, as we mentioned previously. Coaches are concerned with that good end result. They only are caught up in the good and not even thinking about the bad or often just brushing back the risk as it might happen to some of their competitive players. Coaches, so next I asked them if the coaches are players are concerned with the good res- the good end result in consequentialism, then when you consider yourself more of a non-consequentialist or concerned with the right conduct, yes. You always want to do what you're trained to do to keep these kids on track to being as safe as possible no matter what. I think this athletic director is a perfect example of someone who's professionally trained as well as someone who has proper ethical decision making. He doesn't listen to any outside sources and budge on what is right and what he was taught and this in this case in return gives his player or his his, uh, patient a proper and safe guidelines to return back to the field as soon as possible some of the issues of improper training really revolve around selection and supervision of poorly qualified instructors and dissemination of safety rules and warnings these these elements of handling incorrectly and often revolve around proper decision making can lead to a really prolonged and terrible incident. Selection of properly qualified mentors and instructors can be extremely important in the first step for providing a safe environment for athletes. This has no shortage to include medical trainers. It is extremely important to hire a trainer who is reasonably prudent and would do determine if <coughs> the player and the new and the coach is competent enough to provide the safety techniques for keeping the player at question continuing to be safe and not injured. A hiring manager must be empl- must be aware of the trainer's background history as to ensure that there is nothing to suggest that the prospect might not be fit for the specific job at hand. Dissemination of safety rules and warnings can be viewed as one of the most important elements in the training process. If the people you are training don't know what the risks are, they can't properly avoid them. If a trainer decides to just go over the rules and not teach, a say, for example, a football team, not the, the, the potential of not keeping your head up when you're making a tackle, which would lead to CTE, which we all know now in the, mo- in the modern era, that which is very bad in concussion syndrome. If you skip that over, then it can lead to the players getting much more injured and much more off track and then you're off with a terrible decision making process in that matter. You need to be sure to make proper elicitation, solicitation of the rules to all the athletes to make sure they're once again in the safe light as possible. Another two uh, elements that I want to go into is medical with uh, involving the medical field. These two elements are medical malpractice and fraudulent concealment. Allowing medical mal- malpractice to go unnoticed can have a huge impact on future injuries. This element of proper medical training is especially popular in youth sport. A 213 survey stated over 50% of students between the ages of 8 to 14 play with an injury or hid 
an injury to, in order to keep playing. Sure. <coughs> uh, an ethical example of this would be a case, speed versus state, which shows a, a physician's failure to ask for other departments' help in the, in the hospital. A physician failing to do this ultimately costs speed of RC basketball player his ability to see. This unethical decision found the, <coughs> made the physician liable for the injury, and he further made the injury much more worse than he needed it to be. The second element of fraudulent concealment can lead to huge issues in relation to blatant improper medical training along with very unethical decision-making. This element deals with the intentional wrongdoing of the practice at hand where either official withhold <coughs> important information from the player. A case that displays use of fraudulent concealment might deal with one of Hank Gathers and his basketball team's physician. The physician withheld the severity of Hank Gathers' specific heart condition and allowed him to continue playing basketball for his team. Gathers later died of a heart attack connected to basketball activity. These few cases you can see of, play, of employees who were in high standard in charge of keeping the well-being of these athletes intact and they make the matter so much more worse just because of a simple unethical decision making. Improper medical training is very important and should be considered when hiring every <coughs> any potential candidate in order to keep your employees safe as well as your students thank you